Good morning. So as everybody's getting ready, we have to be like right on time. Um, I'm going to do a good morning. Sorry, I'm just like, a, hmm, my mind's all over. Um, I'm going to pull a mom. So I'm, I'm a, my kids were here, they'd roll their eyes. But this one's for Glenda. So um, the Gaithers sing a song that's been going through my head since last night. I don't know about you guys, but I've been, you know, with everything in the news, you kind of start feeling this black cloud sitting over your head. And I, I just have been, peace has just been stolen from me. And I just feel like I've been robbed in all of this. And I thought, Lord, this is not okay. This is not you. You know? And so this song's been going through my head. And I'm just going to sing part of it. So just forgive me. I have noticed all the bad news in the paper. And it seems like things are bleaker every day. But for this child of God, it makes no difference. Because I know it's bound to get better either way. I have never been more thrilled about tomorrow. Sunshine's always bursting through the skies of gray. I just feel like something good is about to happen. And brother, this could be that very day. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. All right. So, Lord, thank you. Thank you that you are God and you are on the throne. And I don't have to serve the fear of this world. In fact, you say, don't be afraid. Don't worry about it. I got it. And I thank you, Father, that we you've given us common sense, that we don't have to be stupid. We can think for ourselves. But, Father, that you tell us not to live in fear and not to panic. And I pray, I repeat what Pastor Luke said this morning. He said, this is the time for the church to shine. And I pray that we would do that. I pray that we would do that in this world, that we would be filled with hope, that they would see the sun shining on us and not the great clouds over us. Father, that we would be filled with peace and we could give that to other people. And, Father, I pray that our eyes would be open and our ears would be open so that we could serve others. Father, that we could bring Christ to our world because there is panic everywhere. And I just pray that we can be the church and we can shine for Jesus Christ in this time. Amen. 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 You ready? My cares aside, I'm leaving my past behind. I'm setting my heart and mind on you, Jesus. I'm reaching my hand to yours, believing there's so much more, knowing that all you have in store for me is good, is good. Today is the day you have made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Today is the day you have made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I won't worry about tomorrow. Trusting in what you say. Today is the day. Today is the day. I'm giving my hopes and dreams to you, Jesus. 
Don't get too comfortable. You'll be just getting back up anyway. Uh, today, well, this is a kind of crazy day. Uh, good to see you all here this morning. Uh, probably wasn't uh, expecting this kind of week that we just had, but um, we roll with the punches and we're praying for you. We're praying for everybody who's following us online today who maybe couldn't be here. Uh, may the Lord be with you. And I just have a couple of announcements. Uh, there's a lot of things that probably potentially will change over the next week. Um, if you haven't heard, they're canceling school starting Wednesday and uh, probably will be closed through the 27th, I think they said. Uh, who knows if it'll go longer than that. But uh, in Minnesota, our schools will be closed. So anything can happen between now and next Sunday. So we plan on having service next Sunday. But stay tuned to your emails, Facebook. And everything else that I possibly could put on. So um, there's a couple of things that have already been canceled. If you are looking at going to this Creating Hope uh, for the Hurting, they canceled that last night. She called me and let me know so that I could let you guys know. Uh, it was just something that we just were invited to recently. But now they canceled it because the the uh, big gathering that it would have been. And they didn't want to uh, cause any conflict with the government. So they will potentially have it at a later date. We'll see when that might be. Um, also, for those of you who gave to Allie's missions trip, uh, that was canceled because no flying to Europe right now. And so I know she's super bummed about that, and I'm really bummed for her as well. Um, but I'm sure there'll be an opportunity for her in the future. Um, Otherwise, uh, we have Nexus Night at the Hop this Monday. Everything is still on for that. I don't think we'll be canceling that, partly because it's a fairly small venue and we don't get a ton of people. Uh, so we plan on doing that. And then, of course, the Equip Conference that we're planning on going to, that was April 24th through 25th. 
we're going to kind of wait on that and see what happens. We still are planning on as if we're going, uh, but things may change as well. And then also today, if you uh, came to give in the offering, uh, we don't take an offering anymore. We have a donation box in the back along with you can give online as well right there. And we appreciate all that you give. And then I was asked today if Pastor Joe Carroll could come on up and share uh, just a quick announcement as well. So if you could come up and then after that, the kids can go. Six feet. What'd you say? Six feet. Six feet. All right, extreme kids, you can head on downstairs, preschool, nursery. Thank you for being here today. Have fun down there.
been held in your hand from the moment that I wake up until I lay my head. I will sing of the goodness of God. darkest night you are close like no other I've known you as a father I've known you as a friend and I have lived in the goodness of God
changing you are always we thank you father that we can be here in your presence that your presence never leaves never leaves but is always with us with every breath that we take every time that we open our eyes every time we lay our heads down to rest you are there you are faithful you are true you are father you are friend You walk us through difficult times, Almighty God, and we are so, so thankful. So, so thankful. From the middle of ourselves, from the very, very deepest parts of us, so thankful to you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for what you have done. Thank you, Father, for what you are doing and what you will do. Because, Father, you are never asleep. You are always awake and you are always doing something. And that is so exciting, Almighty God. So exciting. Even when we don't think something's going on, there is something going on. We thank you, Father. Praise you, Lord. I just pray your anointing this morning over Pastor Luke as he brings your word. Almighty Father, worship continues. Worship is not just music, but it is an attitude of the heart. And Father, your word is powerful. Powerful. And I pray that that word would change us today. Not for our sakes, but for the world's sake. For the unbeliever's sake. Father, that we would be your church. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. You may have a seat, and if you could play that video, that would be awesome. Today begins our new series that uh, I've been super, super excited about. Little did I know that when I picked this series two months ago that we'd be going through what we're going through today. And I do believe that today's message couldn't be more spot on for where we find ourselves this Sunday morning. We're going to be looking over the course of the next five weeks on the five sayings that Jesus made while he was on the cross. And if you want to uh, turn in your Bibles to Matthew 27, we'll be reading through verses 37 through about 46, somewhere in there today. Today, our message 
in the midst of all the chaos and the craziness that we find ourselves, we're going to hopefully determine in our hearts that God is good. He is for you. and He will never leave you. No matter what you go through, what you're facing today, what the world around us is, is throwing at us and making us believe, God is good. He is for you. He will never, ever leave you. And he is powerful. And we read in Matthew 27, verse 37. Above Jesus' head, they placed the written charge against him. This is Jesus, the king of the Jews. Two robbers were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, You who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. Come down from the cross if you are the son of God. In the same way, the chief priests, the teachers of the law and the elders mocked him. He saved others. They said, but he can't save himself. He's the king of Israel. Let him come down from the cross and we will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God rescue him now if he wants him. For he said, I am the son of God. So we're going to pause there before we go on to the next verses. He trusted God. That stuck out to me. Now, in the original language, this word is pitho. Which means to rely on with inward certainty. Or another way of looking at it is to have full confidence. Jesus had full confidence in the Father. And they're saying, look at him. Where is your God now? After all you've been through, we've beat you, we've tortured you, all your followers, they ran you're all alone now. Where's your God up there on the cross to save you? Now, I believe that in here today, there's probably many people who have felt the same thing. You know, probably haven't been sitting on a cross and beaten, tortured like Jesus was, but you felt like maybe you were alone. And God is here. He's with us. I look at this trust that Jesus had with the Father. I think of my own kids, and maybe you can relate if you've had kids, or if you monitored kids at all. And, and with their parents, they have like this, this complete confidence. Like they have mom and dad with them, and they can conquer the world. But the moment you take their parents away, all of a sudden, they're lost. They're going into panic mode in a sense. But in this passage, we see that Jesus had absolute, complete trust with his father. But then just moments later, the father does what nobody, nobody ever expected. We read in verse 45, from the sixth hour until the ninth hour, darkness came over all the land. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Despite all the beatings, the ridicule, the rejection, the Bible never indicates that that Jesus ever doubted God's plan. There are moments we see in the garden, yes, where Jesus is like, God, there's another way. Please, can we find a different way? But Jesus never doubted God. He had complete trust. And in this moment, he cries out, why have you forsaken me? There's a sense of doubt. There's a sense of angst, anxiety, fear. Why have you forsaken me? Now, taking this to more of a personal level, when have you felt alone? We have a video of a few people who have felt alone like in their deepest hour of rejection from God. And maybe you can relate to some of these a little better than Jesus himself. Hi, my himself. name is Lisa, and in July of 2008, my husband and I went in for a routine ultrasound at 20 weeks. And... We found out then that our baby didn't have a heartbeat. 
Hi, my name is Scott. About It was the early morning I got a phone call, and it was about my grandson being taken to the hospital. And he was my little buddy. He was he was the world to me. I have other grandkids, but, but Nova was, he was special. Uh, my name is Deidre, and um, my father sexually abused me until I was eight years old. Um, and he also beat the living daylight out of my mother. And when we got there, and they had just had just gotten him resuscitated, they admitted him into the, his room, and and it was at that point that I was like, God, why, why? He's, he's not even three years old. Why would you take this precious boy? It made me feel betrayed by God. It made me feel dirty. It made me feel like God left me um, out there by myself. Um, and I asked why. Um, I couldn't understand why God would allow something like that to happen to me. It was about a week when, when he finally uh, passed away. So that was the hardest thing that we ever had to go through. And it was the hardest point in my life. And I questioned and questioned and questioned why, why was this baby taken from us when I never got to hold him or kiss his face. I don't know about you, I haven't gone through anything quite that dramatic. I know if I was in that situation, I'd be screaming out, God, where are you? I may not say the same words, why have you forsaken me, as Jesus said on the cross, but I'd be definitely asking the question, God, where are you? And maybe you feel that way right now in the circumstances that we find ourselves in this worldwide virus attack that we're under. Like, God, where are you? Why would, why would God allow this to happen? It's not that... God's angry at us or taking out his wrath. That's, that's not God, right? We scream out and we wonder, where is God? And today we're going we're gonna to address this. <laughs> Believe it or not, we, we have scriptures that tell us and can confirm that God is good. He doesn't cause evil. But first, I believe that we need to settle right away in our heart that God is is powerful okay we we so often in these situations like oh god's a good god and we forget the fact that he is powerful he is in control and so let's take a look at a few scriptures this morning and understand that we don't see everything that god sees we got to establish that this morning we only see part of the story we read in first Corinthians 13, 12, where Paul is addressing the difference between our now situation and our eternity. And he says, now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror, a poor mirror at that. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. We only know part of the story. We can't understand it all right now. I don't know about you, but I would sure love to know the whole story. But then if I knew the whole story, it would probably scare me to death, right? Like if I knew everything that was going on, I don't think I would live quite the same way. But God knows it all. He sees the beginning from the end. He doesn't live in time and space like we live in. Now, it's hard for us to grasp, but he lives outside of time. And so he knows everything. And on the screen today, I have a lot of letters up there. And I'm going to ask, there's two responses to what's on the screen. How many of you read the word nowhere? Anybody read nowhere? How many of you say now here? Anybody see now here? Okay. There's two different responses. And there's two different responses to things that are happening in our world today. When bad things happen, people will either respond with this pessimistic, God, where are you? You're not here right now. You're, 
you're nowhere. And the other response is, God, you are here. You have control over this situation. Even though it seems like it's chaos, even though I don't understand it all, I know that you are here and you're here now. You're always with us. You're not leaving us. God has it under control. And I love Isaiah 55, 8 through 9. God's word says, my thoughts, God's thoughts, are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts than your thoughts. He knows all. And he has complete control. But not only does God have everything under complete control, he's also good. This is this is what I I in my mind can never fathom. How is God in control of everything and good and we have the world we live in, right? God is good. Jesus says in Mark 10, 18, no one is good except God alone. Only God is good. But the thing that I struggle with, and I know many people, you know people, I guarantee you know people, the reason why they don't believe in God is because they cannot rectify what's happened in the world and him being good. How can a good God allow evil in this world? That you've heard that before. Maybe you've even said that before. How can God allow this evil in my life? Those stories that we just saw. God, how could you allow that young child to pass? How could you allow me to, to be molested and to be abused? God, you're, you're all powerful. You're good. I don't understand this. I want to, now this is more for discussion than, than for a guy doing a monologue up front, but I want to address this as quickly as I can and allow you to have a conversation over this at another time. I want to tell you today that evil is not in God. He did not cause evil. In fact, he only allows evil for our free will. God he created everything perfect. God doesn't make mistakes. He doesn't make mistakes. Okay? This coronavirus, it wasn't him saying, oops, I kind of lost track of what was going on in China and now it's blown up in the world. Okay? Yeah, he sees what you're going through. He's seen what you have gone through. He knows it. He did not cause it. There's free will. He has given us the gift of free will to choose good or the opposite of good. Think of this, friends. If, if God created Adam and Eve in the garden and it was perfect and he didn't give them free will, we'd still be in the Garden of Eden, right? But we'd be robots. We couldn't choose because we only have one option, and that's good. We have to have an option to choose good or the opposite of good. And the opposite of good is always going to be evil. You can't have both. I wish we could. I wish I could choose between good and good every single time, and it would be good no matter what. But in order to choose good, you have to have the option of evil. And the moment Adam and Eve chose the evil, we opened the door to sin and to evil. God does not cause evil. We have caused evil. I like having free will. I like having the options. But unfortunately, as we talked about last week in the message, there is... This concept found in Galatians called, we reap what we sow. And that is part of the fall. God did not...
cause it. He's allowed us to have free will and our own choices have created what we live in. Now we have thousands and thousands of years of people making what? Wrong choices. And it's compounded to the point where we have a lot of evil and a lot of poor consequences because of it. God is good. God is good. He knows all, but there is a concept of we reap what we sow and we've sown a lot of evil and now we're reaping it. Can God step in at any time? Absolutely he can, but he will not override our free will. He could. He has. He can come in and heal at any time. So he can because he's supernatural. He's above the natural. And so he can step in at any time. We don't understand why he does sometimes and sometimes he doesn't. God is good, though. He is good. But not only is he good, he is for you. In Romans 8, 31 and 32, we read, if God is for us, who can be against us? We love this passage, right? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Think about the depth of that. We deserve his wrath at all times. We should have been wiped off the face of the earth the moment we made that one poor choice in the the garden. But yet God, in his grace, in his mercy, he sent his own son. He rejected his own son on the cross and he turned away from him as he took on our sin. He is for you. He believes in you. He died for you. And he will give you all good things. And lastly, he is with me. Hebrews 13, 5. This is a good one for you to remember, especially as we go through this time of anxiety. Don't allow that to control you, to dictate you, because he never will leave you. Hebrews 13, 5. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. He is with you always. The only reason he's not with you is because you're pushing him away. Don't push him away. Allow him to come in and be with you. Seek him. So I would like to ask you today, do you trust God? Do you trust him? Do you trust that he is in control? Even though it seems like this world around you is is crazy, is out of control, do you trust And what he says in his word is true, that he is in control. Do you trust that he is good, that he is with you, that he's for you? Do you trust him? Here's what we read in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. We read that we are to trust in the Lord with all our heart, with all our heart, and lean not on your own understanding. Okay, lean not on... Whatever that media is telling you today, that social media, um, if you turn on bad boy on, if you turn on Facebook right now, you're going to get a lot of breaking news. Whether you follow Pioneer Press, the Star Tribune, any of the, the TV stations, even the good ones. I found some good ones. There are some good ones out there. And uh, they still will leave you freaking out. Don't. Trust in their understanding. Yes, know what's going on. Understand what's going on. But do not lean on their understanding or your own understanding. Trust in God. Trust in God. And then it goes on to say in verse 6, In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Now, the word acknowledge in there is in original... The word yada. This means not just an acknowledge, but to know. This word is to know. Think about it in this way. In all your ways, know God. Just not acknowledge him. No, I I wish they didn't put that word in there because it's so much more deep than just an acknowledgement. This is a no Press in and know God. And here's what we know about God. If you know God, these two things will happen. You're going to ask, why less? God, why is this happening? Why are you allowing this? 
If you were a good God, you wouldn't do this or allow this to happen. Because I uh, think about this in any relationship you've ever had, the further away you are from a person, the more you're going to think different things about them that aren't true. Right. The more you know a person, the more you spend time with them, the more those those thoughts of of, oh, they just they're just they don't love me anymore. They don't care about me anymore. They fade away. The more you know someone, the more trust you have for someone it goes hand in hand. And instead of asking why, you're going to be asking, God, what are you doing? What's what's happening here? I, I think you're on the move. Instead of asking God, why are you allowing this? this virus or this attack on me to happen, you're going to say, what are you going to do through this? Because I know, I know my God, and he's going to turn all things to what? Amen. He's going to turn all things to good. All things. Oh, thank you, Jesus. The more I know God, the more I know what he's on the move, what he's doing, and I'm going to want to be on board with that does not say that it's going to be easy, that's for sure. Know that about my God. Anytime we read of him moving in the Bible and things happening, he also got beat a lot. And the same for his followers. Anytime we read of any of his followers in the Bible, things happen to them that I don't want to have happen. But I know that God causes all things for good in the end. My God is here. He is here. He is good. And he is for me. He is for you. He will never, ever leave you. Listen to these stories as they turn that why into what. I grew older, and um, in 2004, I was able to go on a mission trip to Honduras. And um, in, some, in my prayer time in Honduras, I, was, I prayed and was still asking God why. Um, and I felt like God revealed to me that he allowed that to happen. So um, a passion could be birthed inside of me for students, for youth, for young people. We struggled with the why and um, questioned and God showed us throughout the whole process that he was with us and that he, he was holding our Isaiah when we couldn't. But it was during the time when we knew that he was going to leave us, that he was going to, to go be with our Father in heaven, that we knew God was in this. We, we, we knew it was. But it was, it was difficult to get to that place. We, we really wanted him to be healed. But we, had, we began the process of accepting that God was God and God is good. I would never choose to have my father abuse me. But uh, by God allowing that to happen, um, I'm able, as a survivor, I'm able to tell my students that they too can forgive. They, too, can survive. They, too, can be healed um, and live with our true Father. Because of that, man, I can experience the love of my true Father, my Heavenly Father, a love that is pure and unconditional. After trying for a year and a half after losing Isaiah, um, we found out this past Christmas that um, I'm pregnant. And um, I have a piece about this pregnancy, and that's something that I feel that God has shown me and um, put on my heart, and he's been faithful, and he's good. Well, this morning, you may look at those stories and say, man, it's good that God turned their why into a what. What's next? What's God going to do? But maybe you're stuck in a why yet, and I want to pray for you. And so if, if I could have the worship team come back up right now and I want you to be processing where you're at right now, and I want to pray for you. If you're struggling with understanding why God has allowed things to happen in your life, we're going to do something that I don't do very often. I'm going to have you stand up, 
And everybody in here can stand up. And I want everybody to close their eyes and bow their head because this is between you and God. If you're struggling with what's happened in your life or what is happening in your life right now, and you haven't been able to get past this question of why, God, why have you allowed this to happen? I want to ask that God would help you to see that he is good, that he's in control, and he's with you right now. He is now here. He's not nowhere. He is now here. And so if that's you today, with everybody just closing their eyes and not looking around, this is between you and God and admission to him. If that's you, just raise up your hand to God and say, I'm questioning. I, I just, I don't know what's going on. And Father, I pray that as we go into this time of, of singing our last song, God, I don't know where anybody's at. Maybe they fully trust that you are in control and that you are good, but they're still struggling with the pain that is associated with what's happened to them. And, and maybe they're struggling with forgiving, with letting go of what's happened. Father, I pray that, that your peace would come in. And Father, as we approach these next few weeks of uncertainty in our country, God, I pray that they will not allow the enemy to have any foothold in their heart, God, or in their mind, that they will rise above, Father. And this is the time for us to shine and to lead the way for those who don't have that peace of God in them. And so, Father, I pray you would instill in them a strength that they've never experienced before, a peace that they've never experienced before. In Jesus' name.
some of you are thinking this crazy thought of why was it important for Jesus to be forsaken in the first place? Like, what's the big deal with that? Well, I want to address that as we close down the service today. I gave a little time for at the end to talk about that because that's the whole reason we're here today. See, the Bible talks about in Romans 3.23 and 6.23 that every single one of us in here today we're fallen. What happened in the Garden of Eden when Adam took that, that fruit and rebelled against God has affected every single one of us. In the moment we're born, we have this bent towards choosing the evil. And without Jesus going to the cross, there would be no way for us, for you, for me, to have a relationship with the Father and to have eternal life. Listen to what 2 Corinthians 5.21 says. Paul says, God made him who had no sin, that is Jesus, he was perfect in every way. Never once did he choose evil. He who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Friends, that is, that is our hope right there today. No matter what we're facing in life, no matter the evil that's happened against us or around us or the evil that we have done, Jesus, on the cross, when the Father looked away, because the Father cannot be in the presence of evil ever. He cannot. 
And when Jesus took our sin, took your sin on the cross, the Father had to look away. So the perfect, spotless lamb, if you want to call him that, the old term, that perfect being, Jesus, had to be rejected by the Father. He took your lying. He took your sexual sin. He took the things that were done against you and will be done against you on the cross. And he forgave them. But not only did he forgive them, three days later, he conquered them so that through Jesus, we can have the perfection. We can be in the presence of Jesus. God, the Father, forsook his son so that he would not have to forsake you. That's a powerful statement. And so today, if you haven't received that forgiveness, if you haven't made that moment in your life where you said yes to Jesus and said, I have made mistakes and I know it. And because of that, I cannot be in heaven with the Father for all of eternity. If you haven't made that commitment to him today, now is your day. Romans 10, 9 says very clearly that we have to accept the fact that Jesus did what he did for me and for everyone on this earth. And I have to believe in it. And I have to make my life committed to him. If you haven't done that today, I ask again that you close your eyes, bow your head. This is between you and the Father. And I'm going to ask that you raise up your hand and say, I want to follow Jesus. I want to give my life to him and I want him to guide me and to give me access to the Father for all of eternity. If that's you today, raise up your hand right now and say, I want to do that. I want to do that. Amen. God sees that. God sees that. And we do a simple thing by saying a prayer of committing our life to Jesus. So if everyone together this morning could follow with those who have given their life to Jesus today, we're going to come alongside as a church family and we're going to encourage them in their prayer to Jesus. So repeat after me. Thank you, Jesus, Thank you, Jesus for, dying for, me. for dying for me. I give you my life. And I'm going to live for you. All of my life. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. If that's you today and you said that prayer, expect a phone call today. We're going to have a talk. And I want to encourage you on your walk. And if I don't have your phone number, expect an email because you'll get one of those. Let's close in prayer. Father, thank you for this day. I thank you for those who said yes to you, Father. By that proclamation, they have committed their life to you. And they are not, they're not their own anymore. They've, they've now become a child of God. And those promises that we read of in the Bible, that you are for us, that you're not against us, that you are with us, you will never leave us, you'll never forsake us, we're in your hands, our promises that they can lay claim to today. And so, Father, as they go out, and as we go out in this world, God, I pray that you will encourage every single one of us as we face these, these things that are around us, God. Father, we know that you are for us. And if you are for us, no one can ever, ever prevail against us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. God be with you.